we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. What is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast, recapping weekend number four. It was a great weekend in college baseball. There was a lot of viral moments that we'll talk about in this episode. We'll also preview the midweek and talk a little bit of World Baseball Classic at the very end. I think a lot of our listeners enjoyed that. We're currently watching Team USA get absolutely killed by Mexico right now, 7-1 to in the 5th. So we decided to record the podcast a little bit early. Anyways, this podcast brought to you by Yakker Tech as always. As far as like analytics go, those statistics you don't really see anywhere online, as far as spin rate, distance, exit velocity, those kind of fun statistics that are trending now in baseball. Well, they have them all. So Yakker Tech and Baseball Cloud have joined forces and they're trying to take over the college baseball world. Ah, maybe not, but... Um, they're, they're sponsoring our mid-major power rankings, which we'll touch on here first. We just released the mid-major power rankings still at number one, East Carolina. And then number two. Now we have Grand Canyon after who was number two last week. Was it UCF? And they just totally lost another weekend series, two out of three. And I'm trying to do this all by memory. I need to pull it up here real fast. Grand Canyon, what's up, college baseball fan? It's yours truly. Um, Grand Canyon one, East Carolina two. No, say you said uh, oh backwards. God. East Carolina one, <laughs> Grand Canyon two. Uh, yeah, no, UCF was number seven last week. Who was number two last week? Was it Grand Canyon? Grand Canyon. Okay. Well, anyways, we have uh, Grand Canyon number two, UC Santa Barbara three, Campbell Camels number four. Now, I do have a case to make for Campbell to be number one in this major poll. I'll touch on that here in a little bit. But they're at number four. Southern Miss, number five. Southern Miss avoided a bad weekend because they got stomped on Friday night against Valpo, 
and ended up winning the series. But all right, let me ask you this: What is Valpo's mascot? Crusaders. And a boy, I know them all, dude. I know all the mascots. And uh, but anyways, we have uh, Florida Gulf Coast and Troy six and seven, UConn eight, UC Irvine nine, and Wofford. Wofford number ten, and they are fourteen and one to start the year. They're going to be a problem in the SoCon. Guarantee you, they might they might go twenty two and two in SoCon play this year. They're really good. I mean, is there anybody out there that can challenge them? UNC Greensboro, Mercer, and Sanford are the three teams that would even I would even think about having a chance to challenge them. And well, Mercer uh, did just our Mercer Bears swept the Baylor Bears this weekend. Dude, dude, the Baylor Big Bears are the, Mississippi, are the Mississippi Valley State Dust Devils of the Big Twelve. You just call them the Dust Devils, isn't it? Yeah. Oh wait. They're the Delta Devils. They're, they're the Delta Devils, but the Dust Devils, like at the very <laughs> bottom of the of their conference, bottom of college baseball. I just said, yeah, I know all the mascots, and then you said Dust Devils, and my brain went blank. It's like there's no way they're the Dust Devils. No, they're the Delta Devils. But I tried to make a play on word with a metaphor. They're the freaking Dust Devils sitting on the bottom. Hey, can we talk about the viral, the the biggest viral video we've ever had? Wait, and can it, we it, can we finish this major poll and then talk about that? Sure. I know everybody I wants mean, to hear about right, old. I mean, okay. So of of those, let's say of those top ten teams, how many how many are regional teams today? Ten. I think you Same. can go all the way down. I think you can go to eleven. And be very confident. Those eleven, if you add UTSA, they're all they're all at large regional teams. They don't even have to win their conference today. Today, right now, I think Santa Barbara's the only one. But that's, that that theory, that theory that Oregon would pro, I think would propel them into. Um, Wait, what do you mean? They're the only one. No, I'm saying like in terms of resume, like to this date, like they're the only ones that haven't really played. I mean, UConn hasn't played. UConn played a decently tough schedule. UConn Walker swept FAU. Weakest. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm I'm just saying, but like you're you like UConn and I think UConn and Wofford would have the two weakest schedules of all those teams. Yeah. Now. I don't know. East Carolina might no. They took a series on the road at North Carolina. That's by far more tougher than most of these teams. Right. And Wofford played nobody though. That's 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 why they're fourteen and one. Well, they're taking care of business. Um, what was it? Two new teams that made the mid-major power rankings. Jacksonville moves three in teams, after three teams. Southeastern Louisiana, Coastal, and Jacksonville. Yeah, Southeastern Louisiana won a huge series at Auburn this weekend. They lost on Friday and then doubleheader Saturday. They took both. And we always talk about doubleheaders. They're not the these power five teams don't like playing doubleheaders because it, it's a big chance that they lose both. If you just don't have it at the plate um, and you lose a close game in game one, have no pitching left, it comes down to a, an offensive showdown. It, you're, you're probably going to lose both. Sometimes it's just I, not I'd your argue, day. I'd argue the the counterpoint. I think doubleheaders are extremely hard to win, to sweep. 
What what makes you say that? I think I think doubleheader sweeping a doubleheader is so hard. You always win one and lose one. Like I feel like that's always how it goes. I think it's way more common to see sweeps. Really? I think it's way more common to see splits in a doubleheader. It is so hard, so hard to win to sweep a doubleheader. Because well, some, I need game, somebody to pull the stats. Let's just say the first game you win, your best bullpen arms aren't throwing again that day. Yeah, but also you got to think though, if you lose the first game, you have all your bullpen pieces for the second game. It's, it was way more common to split than sweep, in my opinion. I'm thinking of it as more of like an offensive side of things. When you're when your hitters aren't seeing the ball and they're not putting good swings on it in game one, what makes you think they're going to do it in game two? That's kind of what Auburn ran into. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess, but more. I think it's more common to split a doubleheader to sweep. Somebody has the stats but, out there. But hey, hey, that's that's an argument that could be won by both sides. Right. There's no data to confirm it. Um, but outside the top ten, I mean, Georgia Southern and UCF are tumbling. Absolutely tumbling down a mountain. They, UCF has lost back to back weekend series. Georgia Southern lost all three to Rutgers. Got swept and got swept in a two-game midweek to Georgia. That's five straight losses right there. Yeah. Um, I don't know whose connection's bad, mine or yours. One of ours is, but we'll get it fixed. Uh, anyways, but so Coastal Carolina moves into the power rankings. Oh, wait, 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 wait. One more stat that I mentioned to you that you mentioned as well. UCF gave up double-digit run the first inning within six days. How? What are the odds of that? Back-to-back Saturdays, they did. No, one was well. Yeah, it was back-to-back Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. They gave up eleven runs in the first inning to Georgia Southern last Saturday, and then they come back this Saturday and give up ten to Troy. What are the odds of that? Both in the first inning with. I think they were both within one out. I think they got one out in both games before they reached the double-digit mark. Crazy Dude, team. Most major, I would say over fifty percent of the teams in the country go a whole season without giving up ten double digit runs in a single inning, and they did it back to back first innings on a Saturday. Like that is unbelievable. That that's brutal. That is brutal. Can I talk um, about Coastal Carolina now? Yep, but rip R.I.P. to the Saturday starter, to the R.A. I don't know if they did the same starter both games. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't check the box score to see if they ran him back out there again. But now we can talk about the Chanticleers. They win talk a big one. The they gave uh, they gave Wake Forest their first loss of the season on Tuesday, and then they won just an absolute. I mean, it was a football score against Illinois on Friday, and then they ended up losing big time on Saturday against Illinois. And I think they were. I think they lost Saturday so big because they were playing for Sunday. And Sunday's game got rained out. You know, you didn't yep. see you didn't see Coastal's best pitchers going out there. So the score was a little bit deceiving. But credit to Illinois, they those guys can really swing it too. And the last team that comes into the rankings is Jacksonville, who they had a big mid midweek game. Was it against Florida State or was it Miami? I always get them mixed up. They beat they beat Miami this mid on Tuesday. Yeah, I know. I was just trying to give you a hard time. <laughs> But uh, the yeah, Dolphins. Whatever. I mean, I told you, I told you against Florida they were going to lose. You changed my mind. I said we can't pitch, and yet here we are. They beat NC State. They hand NC State the first two losses of the year. So make it make sense. 
They're just going to be like that all year. Hot and cold. It, hot it, and cold. It, every year. Every year, dude. Um, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's April 1st or sometime in April and Miami's first in the Coastal. And first in the just, Coastal, you think? I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised. Like they, they do this all the time. They lose terrible midweeks. They get their, they get spanked by Florida every year in the beginning of the year, and then they are, all of a sudden you're like, wow, this Miami team is really good. Two months later, then you're like, yeah, they're really good. I'm going to buy in, and then they lose the regional, a home regional. That's what it, rinse and repeat. Yep. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that we just summarized the mid-major power rankings there obviously there's a lot of season left we probably forgot your favorite team there was about five or six teams on the cusp of making it in and you know they can earn their way in next week similar to those three teams we just talked about um but our second sponsor of the show is circa sportsbook you guys heard all about it if you've been listening to the show this year uh they're sponsoring our grand prize winner for our weekend series pick'em competition everpool which is hey, now down you know to you froze, 19 you froze, people. You froze again. Is it me that keeps freezing? I I, I guess. I don't know. You've it's been like frozen twice, too. Time. Hmm? I said you've been frozen twice on my end as well. I mean, so. my connection is full green, perfect, according to the icon. Yeah, my network connection is the 10 out of 10. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just work <laughs> here. Whatever. We'll figure it out. I'll figure out the best way to edit it. Um, but yeah, Circus Sportsbook, three nights stay to the two grand prize winners at their, their resort in Las Vegas. And uh, we really appreciate them and all of our Patreon members. Something I want to do every segment now, once a week, to give Circa a, a shout out is I'm going to pick one futures bet that maybe you should look into with a lot of value at Circus Sportsbook. And right now I'm looking at a team Dimitri, that's over 200 to 1 odds to win the College World Series. Now, granted, they probably won't win it, but could they get there? Maybe. Let me, can I, yeah. Yeah, take a couple shots. Okay, so preseason 200 to 1 odds teams were just a few, yeah, UTSA, Georgia Southern, Kentucky, Houston, UConn, Iowa, and Liberty were some of them. And then Campbell, Grant, um, I don't know who it is. I don't know. I have no idea. Campbell. Right. No, Campbell, I think, is less than 200 to 1 now. Although I do really think that Campbell team could not only host a regional this year, I could see them get into a super pretty easily. Anyway, no, okay. It's, it's a power five school. Yeah, Campbell's 80 to 1. Okay, it's a power five team? Yep. They're, they're actually 300 to 1. And don't uh, there is there recency bias in, in this very choice? much so very much so is it USC no it's Boston College Boston I knew I knew I, sh- I should have said Boston College listen man they won two out of three this weekend at Virginia Tech and they beat Tennessee in the midweek I mean that what more do you want to see what more do you want to see. Now, are they going to host a regional? Are they going to do great ACC play? I don't know. Probably not. They're gonna miss, dude, let me let me let me make a hot take. Not really a hot take, but I bet you they don't even they don't even make a regional. <laughs> Probably not either. But <laughs> at three hundred to one odds, maybe they're the Virginia Tech of last year team that came out of nowhere. Had, I mean, they, 
Boston College has good players. I watched a lot of that series because they were the noon games on Saturday. Um, Speaking of good players from Boston College, shout out to Sal Freilich. Yeah, Sal Freilich for Team Italy. He's been balling out in the World Baseball Classic. He was a first-rounder two years ago, right? Uh, 15th overall pick to Milwaukee in 2021. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into WBC stuff later, but it's hard. I really want to talk about WBC stuff. Yeah. Um, but let me go ahead and give some Patreon members some shout-outs here before we really really attack this episode. So every every episode I told you guys from now on, I'm going to knock out about 15, 10 to 15 new Patreon members to give shout-outs to. And let me start right here with my guy, Michael Lally, L-A-L-L-I. Lally, Lally, I'm sorry, Michael, but I appreciate you for signing up there. Zachary Lee, appreciate you as well, both gambling uh, memberships there. HDMIV, don't know what that stands for. Tyler Mills, I follow Tyler Mills on uh, on Twitter. He's a good follow. Bali Gupta, Cody Park, Rollins Say, Adam Sturm. Sturm, I'm sorry. Yeah, appreciate Rollin and Adam there. They're both gambling members, and Cody is as well. Uh, Hunter Davidson, Jeremy Lyons, and Noah Thornton. Appreciate everybody there for, for signing up to our Patreon. It's been really fun doing the Discord channel every week as well. Hey, another shout-out to our Patreon members, but in a different way. Our Weekend Pick'em leaderboard is still – the block is still hot. We got MWT Pittman leading the way in first place at 19 and 4 in the weekend. Pity? Your boy Pity? 19 and 4. Yes, Dude, um, that's this weekend, so hard. One of, our, one of our series with Coastal Carolina, Illinois, which became a 1 1 split. So basically, that series became void and just a no decision. Um, Jay Smith at 18 and 5. D Moore, 1 1 3 at 18 and 5. Guitar Architect 82 at 18 and 5. Before I go any further, 19 and 4 and 18 and 5 is, is, is really good. I don't know. If you can just close your eyes and just get lucky and pick that. Pick your no, way to. No way you can do that. I mean, I, I don't know if you the favorites would get you to 18 and 5. They wouldn't. Absolutely not. I mean, I know the favorites are doing better, but there's been a lot of upsets. Yeah, I don't, I don't think like. Yeah, there's no way. Because UCF, I mean, if, you, if let's just say you took UCF every weekend the past three weekends, you're one and two. That's two losses. And UCF, I think it's been favored every one of them. Maybe not the Clemson no, one. Clemson, they weren't. Yeah. But, um, and then Harlan Harris, Bird Dog Sport, Blaker Mayfield, B Baseball, Ben Cooper, and Chuck Johns all round out the top tennis with a 17 and sixth record, which is still unbelievable, which by the way, I think I went, I went three and two this week. I think I'm, I went, I went one and four. Ouch. So we're tied again. We're tied again, but my survivor did move on. Texas tech. Wait, moving on one, your one series pick with your survivor out of boy. And honestly, looking back on it, that we said that with the, that was the safest pick. Didn't we on Thursday? I said it was the safest. I love Texas Tech at home, clearly. I don't remember what I said because I didn't have a survivor pick. I was knocked out last weekend. Um, damn Central Florida Knights. 
So there's but only you know 19 what? people left in the Survivor, right? And I'm one of them. Wait, there are there are in the Survivor there are 19 left. Wow. Let's go. So technically there's 18 left. Yeah, technically. But yeah, I mean, hey. Do you think we have do you think someone makes it to the end of the year? Well, I plan on it. Okay, besides you. No, dude, it's almost impossible. Like, how hard is that? End of the year, bro. That's that's another nine we weeks. Like ten more weeks. Ten more nine or ten more weeks. Yeah, dude. No way. I think I think this is where we start just getting like two 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 or three fallout each week. Unless there is some colossal <laughs> upset. I was gonna say, unless there's a team that should win and everybody picks them and then they lose. Like there's that's a real a, possibility. So, yeah, nineteen left in our survivor pool. We started with a hundred. Um, honestly, through four weeks to have twenty percent still remaining is pretty good. Not bad. I was expecting a little bit more, but I guess survivor the percentages go pr- go pretty fast. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next segment here. So before we get into our three weekend winners and our three weekend losers. We got to talk about Reggie drummer, the suspended umpire with 8 million views on Twitter. Um, do we, I, I want to go out and say, I feel bad for us potentially getting him suspended because we posted the video the day after it happened and nobody knew it happened before we did. You want me? Um, you want me explain to you how that all happened? Yeah, I haven't even heard the full story because you're the one that posted the video. But um, let me let me preface this before you get started. For anybody that wasn't on social media this weekend and did not see this eight million view viral clip, it was a game between New Orleans and Mississippi Valley State. It was a four run game, seven to three, top of the ninth, two outs, one one count, and. New Orleans threw a pitch that was definitely low and out of the zone. Umpire called it a strike, and Mississippi Valley State's best player kind of jumped up and down, said something to the umpire, and pointed with his bat where the ball was. Something that you, you shouldn't do for, to an umpire, right? You're showing up the umpire right then and there. <laughs> well, yeah, the, I, I want to make sure before we get into all this, like you just said, what the guy, what the player did was unacceptable as well. It's not, it's not all the umpire. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Player and, and I think right here either. I think if it wasn't the ninth inning with two strikes and two outs, the umpire would have tossed him immediately and just he's gotta, said, he's got to get his ass tossed. Yeah, he's got to go. But I think the umpire kind of gave him a break and didn't didn't eject him because if he gets ejected, he's got to sit out at least one game. Most schools make you sit out two games, and I think the umpire kind of caught him cut him a break there, but then said. Basically, no matter where this next pitch is, I'm ringing you up. And the next pitch was in the left-handed hitter's batter's box, easily two feet outside and low. And he rung him up and just took his mask off and walked off the field. And it was not a good look on social media. Every single account on social media saw it. The way the umpire took his mask off, you knew he was like, I'm not taking any of your shit. I'm out of here. Yep. He took it off so like in your face, like you're damn right. I just made that call and you're damn right. I'm walking my happy ass out of here. I would love to know if he said before that pitch, because nobody's talked to the players or the umpire since. Uh, I would love to know if he said before the pitch, like, Hey, 
because you did that, I'm calling this pitch a strike no matter what. Because <laughs> umpires will talk to you at the plate. Or, or says something like, hey, watch this. Yeah. I mean, he he might have prefaced everything with that. We don't know. But, God, it was such a bad call. And, and I guess the reason why I don't feel that bad that we posted the video is because that stuff does not belong in the game. It's a you're, – you're abusing your power there. And you're taking, you know, an at-bat away from a kid who – you know, obviously wants to play at the next level. He wants his stats to be good this year and even just give him, give his team a chance to win. I mean, he's leading the nation in stolen bases. So I, I know it's a four run game, but anything can happen. And anything that was, that was inexcusable. So um, go ahead and tell the story about how you found out about all of this and how you uh, decided to post it the was, video. It was, it was like eight, it was like eight o'clock in the morning or something. I had just got, I would, I had just got done watching the one of the WBC games, the 6 a.m. game. I had just it just ended, or another game was still going on, and I was on Twitter on my personal account, and I somehow noticed something. Somebody said, "Like umpire just made an absolutely horrendous call," like something like that. I don't know what it was. I didn't even read it. My first thought was, "I want to go. I want to go check this out." So I just went to the game. I just went on. Because they just said Mississippi Valley and New Orleans you know, got hosed or something like that. So I just went and checked. And, dude, I was not expecting this. I was not <laughs> expecting this. I was just expecting, you know, a bad call. Right. And be like, oh, we're, damn. We're like, used to people complaining on Twitter being like, oh, that umpire sucks. He screwed us. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, it's a judgment call. Sure, you probably got hosed, but whatever. And <laughs> you were baffled. I was so mind blown. I was like, no fucking way this just happened. No way. And I was like, dude, I gotta share this. Like, like this is this is a moment like that I want other I want other people to see this. Like this is incredible. The audacity of this umpire to do what he just did. I, I gotta share this. And so I was like, I'll I'll post it, you know, super early in the morning. Um I'll post it, let show people like, oh my god, this guy, like what he what he just did is like not acceptable. But if mm-hmm. I was laughing. My initial reaction was like hilarious. Oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And then so I posted it and I was just thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? The hell am I laughing for? This is horrible. This is bad. This is like yeah. really bad. This is like, if other people see this, they're going to think, wow, D1 baseball is really not that important. Like, look at the shit that goes on in it. Yes, considering it's a lower end of the D1 spectrum, like it's SEC power five but i think i'm the lower end but still it does it does it should not happen anywhere it shouldn't happen in the highest level or the lowest level like this is unacceptable so um yeah i mean and next thing you know it eight million views later the guy is indefinitely suspended and i was sitting there like wow a video i posted got someone fired like that doesn't like their livelihood that's his job um, and so I didn't feel good about it, but at the same time, I feel like word would have gotten out somehow about this. Maybe, I hope so. I hope somebody would have like held them accountable for it. Yeah. Um, and not some a social media video to, you know, hold them accountable. So I feel bad because like, I don't want to mess with anybody's job. I don't want to call for the firing of anybody. I don't like cancel culture, whatever. I don't want to do that. But if we were to do something, some as egregor, I don't even know. I I keep saying this word. How do you say, egregorious? 
D.D. Gregorius. Um, D.D. No, Gregorius. Is it Agrar? Oh, God. Now I can't even say it. Egrioria. Egri- Egri- <laughs> I, I hate saying that word. It's one of those words I just don't say. No, I can't say it. You messed me up. And I can say this word. Um... <laughs> Egre- egregious. Egregious. There we go. Egregious. Egregious. <laughs> so if we do something as egregious like that, something like we're gonna we're gonna get some blowback or we're gonna like if you go to your job. If you're an accountant and you just said, fuck it, I don't like this person. I'm just going to put the wrong numbers in. You're fired. Your ass is fired. Yeah. Like, if if, if I'm talking to job. a customer on the phone and I work in insurance. Misleading um, them. And I tell them that the price is going to be $80 a month and it's really $800 a month and I charge the card. Yeah, I'm getting fired. Yeah, that's illegal. So like maybe this call wasn't illegal, but it sure as hell with messing with integrity of the game, the guy's stat, the outcome of the game, the result, all that good stuff. Like, so yeah, I feel bad. Like, I don't want to mess with that, but I, at the same time, I want to, if I feel like our role is to share the game, show the game, report on the game, cover the game. And something like that needs to be shared or, or quote unquote reported like a Karen. Listen, I, I can make you feel better, Dimitri. He's going to umpire more games. There, there's one, there's an umpire shortage out there. Two, he's been doing it a long time. And, you know, I've, I've never, like, I know because I've, I looked on his, he's got like a website and like a Facebook page and everything for umpires and trying to get more umpires out there. He's, I think he's respected in the game as far as I've seen. Um, yeah, he, he made a, a power move. Terrible and, mistake. Terrible mistake. He, I guarantee if you asked him, he'd say, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done. You got the heat in the moment. Like, <laughs> yeah, think All that. But he will umpire more games. And, you know, of course, he might be suspended from the Southland Conference, but he could go umpire Juco or D2, D3, whatever I hope, it is. I hope, I hope, I mean, he probably did it in the spur of the moment, instinctively. Mm-hmm. The guy, the, that kid, the hitter pissed him off. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I'll show you who daddy is. Daddy's yeah. here. <laughs> Like I'll show you who Daddy is, and yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he's an honest, honest man. Like I'm sure because if you're umpiring, you're it's not you're not usually you're not doing it for the money at that level. You're doing it because you enjoy it. You're you enjoy the sport. You enjoy calling games, and you've been doing it a long time. So I don't think this guy is there just for the money and just to grab a quick check and bounce. So hopefully, hopefully he. I mean, hey, it was a funny moment, man. It was a really like I cannot believe I've I don't, I've never seen that happen before. I would love to get him, the batter and the catcher all on our podcast and just just hash it out. <laughs> oh, by the way, huge shout out to the catcher for defusing that situation. Um, he got his ass up immediately and went to the hitter and said, "Hey, man, don't don't do this, don't do." Because if I was that hitter or that hitter. He, I, I know he had the urge in him to swing that bat at him. Yeah, I mean, he probably maybe not swing the bat, but he wanted to get the he last wanted to word. punch him or something. He wanted to get the last word, and the catcher did swoop him up and kind of grab him, pull him to the side, and just like, "Hey, man, that was a bad call. It's, it's all good. Not worth it. It's not worth not it. Not worth it. Like he's, he's gonna get in trouble for this." And, uh, and yeah, so I mean, that pretty much sums up the whole incident that happened on Friday night. But I don't think, I mean. 
I don't think he's done umpiring forever unless he quits and like unless he's like, nope, I'm never doing it again. And you know what? People out there will will disagree with you and, and believe that he should never umpire another game again. Hey, that's their opinion. And there's some truth to that opinion. Like I understand where you're coming from. He should never touch another game again. But at the same time, we're human. Umpires might be most neutral people in a sport, but I feel like sometimes when they, you know, they punch a guy out, they get into the game too. Big play at the plate, umpire freaking punches him or big <laughs> strikeout. They get they get emotionally involved in the game too. The flow of the game, blowout. They're kind of like, yeah, close tight game. They're gonna get emotional in their um their punch outs or their saves or whatever. So he got pissed off in the moment in the heat of the moment, and he said, "Watch this." So I, I don't think he I don't I hope he doesn't forever lose his job, but I hope he's just kind of like a reminder, like, hey, your job is to be the most neutral, mature, and just call it objectively. Yeah. The um I mean, we've all been jackasses at our jobs or at our profession or at our games that we used to Absolutely. play. Everybody's done it. We've all made mistakes. The um He probably said I don't get paid enough for this shit. Probably. <laughs> Exactly. And, but you know, what was cool and, and maybe our listeners will find this as, as fascinating as I do. This was really our, tr- our first true viral moment on social media. And we got, we got a taste of waves coming in. At first people were laughing. Then there was like a wave of people that came in by the hundreds and by the thousands that were so angry, calling for this guy's job, asking for his name, wanting him a ban for baseball. And then a third wave came in of people being like, yo, it's not that serious. Like it's just an umpire. He's fine. You know, kind of defending the umpire, other umpires like around the country were coming in being like, yeah, that was a bad call, but like, he's, you know, just lost in the heat of the moment. And then like a fourth wave would come in where it was people being like, this is why I can't get into baseball. Baseball sucks. Oh, dude, those people were never getting into it anyway. It was crazy. The waves that it would come in because it wasn't a mix of people the whole time it was a thousand people like commenting on it and saying like this is hilarious blah 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 and then a wave of a thousand people commenting unacceptable this is terrible yeah and and it was it was kind of cool to see that now it was annoying i'll be honest every time i would refresh my notifications on twitter it would be another 50 50 people liking, <laughs> quoting it. You couldn't even see what you were talking about in the current game. And it sucked because like, I was trying to tweet about other games and I know you were too, where like, I wanted to see interactions of other tweets we posted and it, it was just lost in the mix. Hey, you don't, you don't have to cover for me. I, I didn't, I hardly did any tweeting this weekend. You would majority you tweeting. Well, don't um, throw me under the bus. Cause now people are gonna be like, dang, Twitter kind of sucked this weekend. It was all Ben. <laughs> Well, I mean, if they if they notice a difference in the tweeting this weekend, they're they're pretty a pretty loyal follower. So I would hope they notice something. I don't know because I'm I'm more of the you're more of the emoji guy. I'm not trying to throw you on the bus here, but you're more of the emoji <laughs> guy. I'm more of the, the straightforward um, commentary. Um, so that's I very egregious you know, of you to say that. Very egregious. Agreed, Egregorious. <laughs> the Didi Gregorious. 
<laughs> Dude, I've never just been so blank on a word in my life. I, I've used the word egregious a lot, even on the podcast. I've never, I never used egregious. <laughs> I would just rate that's absolutely ridiculous or mm-hmm. that's nonsense. I don't know. I don't use egregious. I don't use Didi Gregorius. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, so look, let's move on to our next segment. We're 30 minutes into this thing and we got a lot to talk about. And uh, I'm going to let you pick. Do you want me to give you my three winners, my three biggest winners of the weekend, or my three biggest losers of the weekend? Roll them out. Which one do you want me to start with? Um, Go losers. All right. My three biggest losers of the weekend. One, Georgia Southern. Bad. Very bad this weekend. Getting swept and really not even being in in any of the games against Rutgers at home. Wait, wait, hold on. I don't want to interject, but you said swept this weekend. Their assets got swept since Monday. Yeah, because they lost both midweeks to to Georgia as well. I mean, that's five losses on a resume that they're trying I mean, they hosted a regional last year trying to get back to that and it's going to be hard to bounce back. Um oh, so right. yeah, Georgia Southern big loser for me this weekend. Um number 2, Alabama losing two out of three to Columbia after starting the season undefeated. I mean, this was a team that people were putting them in their rankings. People were saying that, you know, they're going to, I mean, including myself saying like, oh, this is a legitimate regional team, talented. They, uh, they have all the pieces to, to compete in the SEC. And then you lose to an Ivy League school. Now, granted, Columbia is one of the best Ivy League schools and they were in a regional last year, but can't lose two out of three at home to that team. Unacceptable. Um, and then my third loser of the weekend, Oregon State, finally cracked back into the D1 rankings this past week, and they lose two out of three at home against um, against Washington State. I, I really wanted to put Stanford in there because they lost their midweek, and then Stanford lost two out of three to USC. But I decided to be mature here and put USC as one of my biggest winners of the weekend. Because USC's pitching staff did great today. Um, they they showed that – I don't know if you remember this, but when they played at Auburn, they kind of showed signs of USC being a good baseball team. And, you know, of course their pitching staff kind of let them down that weekend, but offensively they were, they were great. And uh, they kind of put it together this past weekend at Stanford. So USC was one of my biggest winners this weekend. Number two – might surprise some people, but Arkansas. Arkansas with a huge weekend sweep over one of the best mid-major teams historically in Louisiana Tech. I mean, generally, Louisiana Tech's going to win one of those three they're, games. They're kind of off to a rough – I don't want to say rough, but just kind of like a, a bumpy start. They're not they a whole lot of competition, and then when they do, they mm-hmm. haven't done that. I mean, the Ole Miss series, Ole Miss midweek, they play great. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's hard to judge them right now. Yeah, but that that weekend series sweep against Arkansas, that's going to hold a lot of weight to the committee if they are in that at large picture. Um, yep. You know, mid- midweeks help, one. midweeks help, but you got to win one. And and Arkansas showed that even through the injuries they've had this year, they can really hit. Um, I mean, they have a very deep lineup, and then the guys that they throw out there, I mean, they're just continuing to get people out. And Dave Van Horn said it in the beginning of the year on record that this might be the best pitching staff Arkansas has ever had. And, you know, even with the, the two big injuries, this is a, uh, a really deep pitching staff. So credit to Arkansas for just sweeping that series, taking care of business. And then last but not least, my third winner. Uh, there was about four other teams I considered here, but 
I'm going to give it to Boston College. Uh, I mean, the, the writing's right there on paper, right in front of us. They beat Tennessee in the midweek, and then they win two out of three at Virginia Tech. Both of those teams were regional hosts last year. Both of those teams were ranked in the top 15. That's a huge week for a non-traditional baseball school. And, you know, they're off to a great start and two and one in ACC play. We'll see how it shakes out. But Boston College right now doesn't look like they're going to finish in the basement of the ACC. They probably are. Where else are they going to finish? I don't know, dude. I mean, they're kind of giving me 2022 Virginia Tech vibes. No, but dude, that's an over. I'm going to classify that as an overreaction. We'll check back later, Randy. How, how many <laughs> how many teams would you would you consider the basement? Two? There's two teams in the Pitt ACC in the basement. basement. When and it's all Clemson. said and done. I think Pitt and Clemson. Clemson. He's up at the end of the year. I think Clemson would be more of a basement team. Um, Pitt will be in the basement. I mean – yeah, that's your those are your bottom team. Boston College and the Atlantic. Who are they gonna finish in front of? They're not finishing in front of Wake. They're not finishing in front of NC State. They're not finishing in front of Ooh, they um, could. They could finish in front of NC State. They're not gonna finish in front of NC State. They're not gonna finish in front of Wake Forest. They're not gonna finish in front of Florida State. I mean, like who they're not gonna finish in front of I mean, Notre Dame, I mean, wait. Yeah, Notre Dame's not very good. So Notre Dame, Pitt, Boston College, and Georgia. I don't even want to say Georgia Tech because I don't think – I think the ACC doing – on Warren Nolan, it has one big conference. They don't have – he doesn't have it divided up, ACC, I mean, uh, Atlantic and Coastal. But I think – okay, let me put it this way. Notre Dame and Pittsburgh are probably going to be your very bottom basement. And then in the halfway up the stairs to the main floor, but you're still in the basement is your Duke, your Georgia Tech, um, your Boston College, Mm -hmm. I think will be where they finish. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that as, as of right now. But I mean, dude, that conference is just so loaded. Every week is going to be just who's playing the best baseball. Missouri of the SEC. They're going to win big games. They're talented enough to win big games. But when it comes, it's all said and done. They have to go through that full schedule. It's too hard. It's, it, you have to have a deep ro- uh, roster to get through it and a very yeah. talented front end of your lineup and rotation. So I just don't see it. But, hey, yeah. it's, it's fun to talk about it. For sure. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that pretty much wraps up my biggest winners or losers of the weekend. Um, I want to segue now into the listener questions for our Patreon members. Every Sunday, or at least we try to do it every Sunday, um, once a week, we'll, we'll, we'll reach out to our Patreon members and allow them to ask questions to us. And uh, I picked out a few here for us that I think we can debate about. And the first one here comes from Matt Baston. Uh, he actually has two questions for us. First one is, do you like TCU as a legit chance to make it to Omaha? Who? Matt Baston. No, 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 no. Who? Oh, TCU? TCU. To Omaha. Uh, yeah. Do you think TCU is a legitimate chance to make it to Omaha? I mean, they're ranked in the top 15 right now. They they won the weekend series against San Diego, but Friday was bad. It was a bloodbath. To me, the key for TCU is you got to figure out the starting pitching. 
you got to figure out guys that you can rely on or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every week, just to give you a quality start. There, there was a time on Friday I thought about tweet, tweeting out, is TCU broken? Because their offense hadn't done anything since the first weekend of the series. Uh, week, sorry, the first weekend of the season in, in the State Farm Showdown where they scored 11 and 14 runs and I think eight. Uh, they went two and one. But, you know, they only won two to one against uh, Dallas Baptist. And then the next weekend they played somebody and they got shut out, shut down for a while. Dude, TCU has scored they have not scored double digit since opening weekend they have not scored they've scored a maximum of eight runs one two two times they've scored eight runs two times and the rest are seven or less in ten ten ish game so I mean, yeah it's a it's and at the college level you should at least be having, you know, one double-digit run every other, like maybe once a week or at least once or twice a month. I mean, like you're you're going to run into a day where you just score errors. The other team had no depth left. Rotate, like I mean, yeah, I don't. I'm I'm not. I, I would be worried if I was the team. For to answer his question, I'd be worried. I, I think when they're playing their best baseball, they're they're an Omaha caliber team. When they're playing not their best baseball, it's you scratch your head and you think, is this team going to win? Is this team going to finish top two or maybe top three in the Big 12? Um, I don't know. I mean, it depends on starting pitching in their lineup. But what TCU may do is, you know, get red hot here and starting this week, be hot for four or five weeks, cool down, and then, you know, they're primed for that hot, cold, hot theory, finishing up the season. Looking at San Diego's schedule, I think San Diego is way better than their record says. I yeah, mean, they've, they've played a tough non-conference. They've swept Nebraska. Two out of three against Hawaii, UNLV, and Irvine. Lost to Irvine. Went on the road to Oregon, got swept. Oregon State, then TCU for three. So, yeah, I, I would be happy with this series. I think it's a quality series win. Um. They're they're be- they're better than the record said, but in terms of TCU at Omaha today, I mean Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Florida State, Michigan, Rice, and San Diego. They those are all they have wins over all those teams, so they're they're fine. I think they're fine. I think early in the schedule they played a tough schedule. They they're they're over three games over five hundred. Can't ask for much more. So, but to Omaha, I would I think you nailed it perfectly. The pitching yeah. got to get better, but I don't think pitching is the big their issue. Their issue is it's being consistent on offense. Yeah. Um, second question here comes from Parker Brown. Said today was a rough day betting. Several of the bets could have flipped our way, but what was your thought on the Oregon play? And uh, Parker, I'll be honest with you, man. The for a, all of the plays that I had today, it was it was very last minute because. Lines weren't posted until 11.30, and some of the games started at noon. Oregon play was more of a gut play for me, and it, it really had to do more with UCLA than it did Oregon. Uh, it was a rubber match of a three-game series in the Pac-12. Wait, hold on. Before, I, I don't even know. What was your pick? What was the play? I picked – so Oregon was an underdog at home. They were minus 102 to UCLA, and the series was split one-to-one. And just going back off of – 
his history, you know, UCLA typically struggles early in the conference play and they hadn't played well on Sundays all year. If I remember correctly, like they got shut out against Vanderbilt. It was more of a gut play though. Oregon, I felt like them at home, they, they swept last weekend and I, I felt like they were going to take the series this weekend. Uh-huh. I mean, I picked them in the weekend series, pick them. So that play particular wasn't, I didn't re, I'll be honest. I didn't research it too much. More of just a gut play that I like more the value. Of a gut play. It was more of like a I like the thing. underdog at home, and UCLA just didn't didn't fire me up to to lay like the minus one twenty two that they were. I think I think maybe one eighteen, but uh, UCLA is a team that we should talk about as really freaking good. I mean, they lost two out of three at Vanderbilt, but other than that, they've won every game this year. I think they're I fourteen to and something two. To that. If you're like when you gamble on especially college baseball, the guy probably saw the score 16 nothing and probably said, How the hell did Ben ever think they had a chance? If if Oregon if it was a one-one game in the sixth inning, Oregon would have thrown their guys out there, their true their higher end bullpen pieces. And maybe Oregon still loses, but it would have been like, you know, four to one, four, two, five, two. And you would have been like, oh, damn, close game. I, I can see where he tried to take Oregon. But when it gets to seven, nothing, they just start throwing guys out there that don't have many innings. They want to see, get some work in, stuff like that. And the, the game is 16 nothing. Doesn't mean that UCLA was just, oh, my God, they're so much better than Oregon. How the hell did you pick you Oregon money line? <laughs> it, 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 it's not professional baseball. Where yeah, you're, you're going to see loaded with pro arm college game is a little bit different. So when you're betting, I, you can't really look at the scoreboard and be like, yeah, dude, that was a big swing in the miss. Yeah, it, it still was a big swing in the miss because UCLA came out of the gates hot. I think they scored five yeah, runs but, and yeah, four runs. Like, you play that game again. I bet you play them that game five more times. UCLA doesn't score 16 runs again. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of gambling, uh, Patreon questions, Quentin Ferris has a good question here for, I, I guess me, but you could answer this too. Do you have any teams on your auto play or auto fade list betting? And I do. I, Wait, I am pretty biased. Can you say the question again? Do you have any teams that are automatic plays? Like you see them oh. listed and you play them. Um, obviously you could just say like Tennessee and LSU, just put those two in a parlay and 99 times out of a hundred, they're going to beat the mid-major team that they're playing. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit deeper than that. This year, there, there's been two fades for me that I, I'm very comfortable doing, and it's Baylor and because uh, I think Baylor is just awful. And, of course, Mercer was underdogs all three games this weekend, and I didn't have the guts to pull the trigger on him, and I should have uh, to, to pick Mercer. Um, another automatic bet that I have is overs in Coastal Carolina games, and they've been hitting it like 13-3 and three this year. And it's funny because – on Saturday, I picked the over in, in Coastal Carolina versus Illinois. And it was 16 and a half. And I was like, let's just ride it out. 16 and a half runs. Like they, one of these teams is going to score 10 runs. And it ended up 13 to three, 16. So <laughs> lost the over. But dude, to bet a baseball game at 16 and a half is crazy. But yeah, it's an automatic play. I don't trust Coastal's pitching staff. And I really trust Coastal's lineup. You partner that with an Illinois team that's very similar, and it's like, yeah, it's an automatic play. So I will be betting a lot of what, overs. Up to what number are you riding that every time? Oh, if it's 13, 13 14, 
If it's 13, 14, even 15 and a half, I'm comfortable playing it. 16 and a half is tough because 17 runs, you really need a team to score 10. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's like, I mean, eight to eight is your baseline, and that's like already a lot of runs. Yeah. Um, Friday night, though, it was like 21 runs or something like that. It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean um, coastal, coastal pitching staff, it's just, are they just atrocious? Yeah, it's partnered with a field that's very hitter friendly. They don't play great defense. It's they don't play no. <laughs> so that's I mean, if you're wondering why they're twenty three in our mid major rank, do we think they're a good team? Yeah. But when 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 they can't play defense and pitch very efficiently, it's hard to say that team is good because yeah, their lineup is gonna bail them out a lot. But that is just not an efficient they're not a, a, a quote unquote a good baseball team. You know what I mean? A good yeah. baseball team is fundamentally sound. They make the plays on defense. They can pitch a little bit. They can hit a little bit. Like, but a good baseball team starts with the basics. And if you can't do some of the basics, it's hard to classify them as a good team. For sure, hundred um, percent. Another automatic bet for me this year has been UC Irvine, because. Vegas has been severely downplaying this team. Of course they lose today to Gonzaga, but they're always like minus 110, minus 115 against like Arizona States and like some bad teams. And uh, yeah, they've been an automatic play because that's just too much value for a team that I think is really, really good. Um, it sounds like you had a bad day. Is that what I'm getting from now? Yeah, it wasn't a good day, man. And <laughs> I have a parlay with Team USA as like the final leg, and I think they're still losing seven to one. So oh, <laughs> it could no. be a really bad day. But hey, oh. one thing, one thing I'm open about is like I leave all my picks up, right, so everybody can see them. And and like, yeah, you're gonna have good days, you're gonna have bad days. And I've actually had a lot of bad days in March when I was scorching hot in February. Just trying to get back on track, man. Are you That's are you gonna be throwing up half court shots in March Madness? Uh, what does that mean? Huh? What does that mean? Like you're going to throw some March Madness picks into your parlays, into your pick. No. But if anybody out there has March Madness plays for me, let me know. I haven't watched a single dribble of college basketball this year. If there was one thing I would bet on, it's the round of 64 college basketball game. It's fun. There's so much fun because there's so much fun, but... I, I've got, I've got, I've got too many sporting events going on right now that I can't, that I can't add another one to it right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, hey, right, I'm, I think I'm actually five and two in my WBC picks. You've been killing it. Nobody knows international baseball like you do, man. You've played it. You you live for it. You follow these teams. You follow hey, these players. Hey, I think our listeners know that I love college baseball, but if there's one baseball style or whatever that I like more. And I'm I'm not here to lie. I mean, just pretend be a pretender. This W international baseball event, whether it's the Olympics or World Baseball Classic or whatever, I absolutely love it. Like I've been I've been awake. My sleeping schedule has been absolutely atrocious the past five days. I sleep from like seven a.m. to like one p.m. every day now because I'm <laughs> up. My ass is awake from. Watching Chinese Taipei play the Netherlands at 5 a.m. Yeah, and I can't wait until we get into WBC stuff. So um, as far as college baseball stuff, I think Wednesday we should get into – or Thursday we should get into a bigger episode, more deep dive on teams and conferences and 
previewing the weekend. Um, because this weekend was kind of bleh, like nothing too crazy, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Just um, the WBC is just a big distraction for me right now. It's a huge distraction. Yeah, I, I still have a lot of talking points on college baseball that they're not deep talking points. They're more of just recognition and moments that kind of stood out to me. But I'm going to do one more listener question here, Patreon members. Sorry I didn't get to them all, but I like this one a lot. We, we kind of hit on it. Uh, it's a two-parter. It's from JRod814 on Discord. Um, he said, yo, Ben, two questions for the pod. Is Boston College legit, and what's making them good? Um, he lives close to campus there and wants to start going to some games. Um, I So, yeah, I think they're good. And we, we, we already talked about Boston College a lot here, and what makes them good is – I, I think two reasons. One, their pitchers throw strikes, and they don't have the gaudy 95, 96-mile-an-hour guys coming in and out of the bullpen, but they, they're all two- or three-pitch mix guys, uh, maybe old-school style, you should say, and they throw strikes. Uh, I know there was a couple moments where they were walking some guys against Virginia Tech, but I, I think it was more just pitching around some of their better hitters. Um, but anytime you have a team that throws strikes and plays good defense – they're going to be in a lot of games. Uh, and then two, they, they're, they're clutch hitting this past week has been great. They responded two or three different times against Tennessee and they responded two or three different times against Virginia tech. So um, late in games or even early in the games with runners in scoring position, getting the job done. Those are just free runs on the board that, that will help you out the, as the game goes along. So uh, yeah, I think Boston college is good. As of right now, you know I mean, they I'm could noticing? they could be you know, terrible by the end of the year. Who knows? You know what I'm noticing with Boston College going through their box scores here. A lot of the times when the other team scores, they respond with a run. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's that's a good that's a sign of a good team because the the battle inside a baseball game is to win to win every inning. Yep. If you typically if you win five or six innings, you're winning the game. Mm-hmm. So that's like, like that's kind of like a mental cue. People like it's, it's kind all of momentum. It, game it, of baseball is all play, momentum. play the game by inning. So try to win each inning. You give up one in one inning, try to get two in that inning, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, or the next inning. Um, and when you score runs, you put up a zero the next time you're out in the field. Shut down inning. But going back to your thing about throwing strikes, please listen to me here. When a team is on average pacing about three walks per nine inning versus a team that's averaging five, six walks per nine inning, their ERA is automatically two points lower ish. It's like, it is a big difference when you knock down your walks per nine, your ERA just takes the tumble down to from the five ish range to your, now you're maybe high three mid to high three. Mm-hmm. And if you have an ERA flirting around four or lower, you give your offense a chance to win every single game. Yeah, so, especially with these juiced balls going around. You give up four runs a game, you should win two-thirds of your games. So, yeah, based on Boston College, throwing strikes and have some power in the middle of that lineup, Joe Vitrano. I mean, if you guys haven't seen, he's been hitting some some moonshots. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, throw strike, give your offense a chance to win, and Boston College so far is doing that. Yeah. Um, we'll the, see the how second- it plays out. The second question he had is, who has been the biggest shock or the biggest surprise in the SEC this year? 
Now, there's two ways we could go about this. We could say big, biggest shock is in like much better than what people think, or the biggest shock as in like who has been the worst, like the team that has not shown up um, in the SEC. I think I'm gonna I go. My- I think I'm gonna go with the biggest. Do the biggest winner, biggest disappointment. The biggest disappointment is, I think, easy for me. I think it's Kentucky. Kentucky came into the season with kind of high expectations. Did Social they, media, yeah, they did. Um, I, I, at least from what I saw, Kentucky was supposed to be like a real, like solid team. And you know, people were saying like, after remember they upset Tennessee the last week in the series last year, and people were like, yeah, this team's coming back. They're going to return a lot of players, and I know they weren't projected to finish last. They were, you know, expected to be a regional team, and yeah, they're all right this year, but they're just—they're not. Kentucky's not moving the needle for me anymore, and I don't see much like upside really with them. The few games I've watched them play, they've laid an egg offensively. I don't know. There's just nothing special about them. So maybe it's unfair to say that they're the biggest shock, disappointment, like biggest loser. But well, hold on, Kentucky is fourteen and two. Yeah, but I think I mean, a lot of that has to do with schedule, Dimitri. I mean, yeah, I mean they played Elon, Evansville, Rice, Dame, Indiana State, and Southern Illinois. Yeah, I mean they're That's all not great, not great. They're all pretty decent mid-major teams, but you should be 14 and 2 against those teams. I'm just saying like they don't have the you know the 15-run game against them or you know absolute beatdowns against them. So I don't know. I mean, I think that that was more of a personal answer for me. Like I, I was expecting Kentucky to be like talk of the town, top 25 by this point in the season and they're just not um the biggest winner, I mean, you can go with either South Carolina or even like Florida. I, I know who my, I know who my my picks. I mean, I think Ole Miss or Florida for me. Oh, is Ole my Miss is a good one too. because Ole Miss. I thought they lost uh, a Ole lot. Miss hung hangover could be my answer. National championship and and they're rolling. They're rolling. Not a not a easy schedule by any means. And they're taking care of business. And they're not just taking care. Of, they're showing like, hey, they can they can make it back to Omaha again. Um, so I think that's the biggest surprise. I, I kind of expected Florida to be really good. This good, no. So I guess they could be considered a top winner. Biggest loser from the SEC, I don't even really think there is one right now. I mean, every team is at least six games over 500. Every single team in the SEC is at least six games over 500. The Mississippi State has the worst win percentage in the conference right now. So I, I don't know if you can really – sit here and say a team is the biggest loser. Maybe a Texas A&M. If I, had, if I had to pick one, it would be Texas A&M. They've kind of been the most... They had that know. one bad week. That A&M, one bad week. and I don't even think Mississippi State, I can consider, because nobody expected them to be really good this year, and they're doing just fine. And A&M had kind of big expectation. They had returned a big old lineup. They were supposed to be legit again, and so I got I got I got flamed in the beginning of the year for saying that a and Mississippi State was closer to A and M than people thought. People said, "Oh my God, A and M was really <laughs> good this year." Like Mississippi State's garbage. 
I didn't think the separation was that big. And I mean, it's still really early. We haven't even hit FCC play, but I think A&M, if I had to pick one, would be the biggest loser. And they're not even a loser. So, you know what? That's actually a much better pick. Uh, for any Kentucky fans out there, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, you guys are going to be probably finish like towards the bottom of the SEC, but A&M has been. I mean, they, they lost two out of three to uh, Portland. They also lost to Lamar and in the midweek, that same week. They're, they, they're, they're turning a corner, though. They're playing much better baseball. But they came in as national seed, just like last year, expectations. And I don't see any way that they're going to be a national seed this year. I don't even see a way that they're going to be a regional host. Ben, there are two teams in the SEC with 10 win streaks, current, currently on a 10-game win streak. Kentucky and LSU. There are two teams on an eight-game win streak, Ole Miss and Arkansas. There are one, and there are two teams on a seven-game win streak, South Carolina and A&M. A, but you can say I said A&M, if I had to pick, would be the biggest loser. They just played incarnate word rice in northern Kentucky. Like, get out of here. I mean, can we talk about LSU's yeah. schedule? LSU has played the softest schedule in America. It's a joke. It's, it's, it's honestly embarrassing how, how easy it is. But they have run-ruled, I think, six straight or six of their last seven. One, they're, they're just run-ruling teams four, right five, now. Five, six of their last seven. That's crazy. I mean, like – Shout out to Lamar for making them play a full game. I know, right? But, but like, that's, that's, that's gross, dude. Like, they haven't played – a real team once this year. I mean, okay, Kansas State and Iowa are their two biggest competitions, and Iowa beat the shit out of them. So, like, yeah. I'm ready for I'm ready to see LSU at Tech, in College Station this weekend against a real te- like a real legit team. Um, that environment's going to be crazy. It's going to be a good environment. I'm so happy the SEC is back this weekend because after. World Baseball Classic, I was kind of like, I need some excitement again in, in college game. I need some fans. I need some big crowd. I need some more meaningful pitches, more meaningful at-bats. Um, so it's perfect time for the SEC to start because the World Baseball Classic was kind of spoiling me. It's been spoiling me. I love that kind of stuff. Hey, shout-out to uh, Team Taiwan. The team that's getting relegated? Yeah, but we'll, we'll get there. I mean, I think that I pretty much that's it for me on college baseball. I want to All talk right. more on I'm, Thursday. Yeah, so I want to I want to give a few player shout outs here, and then bring up one more topic, and then we'll be we'll wrap up the college baseball segment. Um, so, few big time performances. I know I left out a few, but uh, the ones that kind of stood out to me: Wyatt Hudipole from Charlotte, complete game seventeen Ks. Yep, dude, that's incredible, man. Seven. Have you ever had seventeen strikeouts in a game? 17 strikeout? Yeah. Mm, no, I don't think I've ever in my life had 17 Ks in a game. That's what I'm saying. It's you got to your stuff's got to be nasty like to have that. I mean, you have to be on. The most yeah. I've ever had in one game, I want to say like 14 or 15. Yeah. 17 is a lot. Um and then we have Devin Turbrek from Western Kentucky. No hitter today. Fourteen strikeouts. Always love a good no hitter. Chase Moore never, had a I've four. Never, I've never thrown. I've thrown a combined. I've thrown two combined no hitter. Been a single one never. Wow. Yeah, it's just hard. You got to have everything go go the right way. 
Um, so shout out to both of those schools. They're both in the Conference USA. Maybe those two will match up on a on a weekend series later in the year. Um, but anyways, moving on, we had Chase Mora from Texas State have a four homer game. I mean, I, I had freshman, I've, right? freshman, yeah. Uh, he might be a redshirt freshman. I don't remember. And uh, but dude, four homers in a game. That's a good season, dude. That's a four homers in a season. You're feeling pretty good as a freshman. Oh yeah, I, ab- absolutely, absolutely. I was a I was a freshman All American, and I had five home runs in my in that year. I was a freshman All American with five homers back in 2014 at, at, uh, at um, UT Martin. Yep. Um, but so we had Connor Tate have three homers in three innings for Georgia versus Charleston Southern. I mean, you got to be on cloud nine there. Three home runs, three innings. Jesus, man, I couldn't imagine that. So shout out to those players there. Um, shout out to Daniel Patisack of Charleston Southern, speaking of. Had a four, four innings, no runs, no hits. Opening game uh, against innings, China. Two hits, no, four innings, two hits, no run, two, three strikeout. And that was against Team China because he's playing for Czech Republic. Got them a win game one he's a current pitcher like he pitched in the midweek last week for charleston southern gets on a plane over to is it type uh, he's in japan right tokyo 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 and shut down china team china and uh he looked really good doing it so uh credit to him uh i mean i want to get your opinion on this dimitri what's up with all these 30 run games teams are scoring 30 runs i think it happened twice this weekend quality of pitching is down Balls or bats are hot. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I guess, but 30 runs in a game, like, I don't remember seeing that between 2012 and 2020. The common denominator in all those games is a shitload of walks. Yeah. Walks. It's just, it's just very piss poor level of pitching, and the depth is getting more and more shallow at a lot of schools because. Guys are going. Guys would rather just sit at a bigger program, develop. Playing time is not their most important priority, and then try to get drafted based off of a limited number of innings or whatever. I think it's just quality of pitching depth is not, is not very good right now, which is surprising because the the plethora of information that's accessible these days on the internet, YouTube, Twitter, social media, all that stuff. It's making guys, making it more easy for guys to develop on their own. So it's a weird dynamic that's going on right now. But at the end of the day, the quality of pitching is going down. Yeah, like the people we've we've talked about it a few different episodes. People are throwing now, not pitching. Yep, they're trying to be yeah. trying to be one pitch guys, or two pitch guys, really. But I mean, I hate it's cliche. They just try to light up radar guns and all that stuff. And they try to check their wrong. spin rate on their on their slider don't, instead don't of location. I like everybody loves lighting a radar gun, but you have to be a mature, you have to be mature enough to know where the threshold is between chucking it and pitching at a high intent, high level mm-hmm. of intent. But where you're throw you're throwing it almost hard as you can, but you're still in your command range. You're still within the realm of con- command on your pitches and stuff. Yeah, you're in the right threshold, and. If you want to th- let pitches fly, like you throw as hard as you can, get ahead in the count. 
get O2, 1, 2, and then let it rip. Yes. You don't get to that's do it whenever a good you, point. you have to earn it. You have to earn the opportunity to let it rip. That's a really good point. I haven't even thought about that, but you're right. O2, 1, 2, let it rip up in the zone. Break off a nasty slider down and away. Don't do it on OO and as a hitter. You can't cheat fastball one 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 oh one counts or whatever. You have to earn a two oh count. You have to earn a three one count to cheat fastball. And too many hitters don't understand that concept. You have to earn it. If the hitter had you down one two oh two, he he earned the right to throw whatever he wants and wherever he wants. A mm-hmm. hitter's gotta earn the right to cheat fastball and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, all right, here, last question for us here, and we'll wrap up the college baseball segment. If you could combine two mid-major teams to make an Om- like a lock for Omaha. Take to a make your favorite team. Make your favorite team. Uh, you take a pitching staff from one mid-major and an, uh, a lineup from another mid-major, and you're like, this is my team to go into Omaha. We're going to try to win a college World Series. Who, who do you have there? You want me to go first? Yeah, sure. This is this is a fun this is a fun hypothetical. I would take I would probably take like a, maybe like a Southern Miss or I would probably take like a Southern Miss pitching staff and combine it with like a Florida Gulf Coast or you mentioned Campbell lineup being awesome. I love their lineup too. I think it would be like a Florida Gulf Coast lineup, which by the way, I think is the top 10 lineup in the country right now. It's that good. Hey, they almost got snake bit in the Rattler Dome. They lost but on that, Friday. That's where dreams go to die. That's where dreams go to die. <laughs> For anybody Rattler. that's played college baseball or, or has followed college baseball, playing at Florida A&M is the hardest environment in the world to play in. They call it the Rattler Dome. And uh, dude, they they beat good teams there all the time. They just they they sneak they're, attack them. The worst place to go play a ball game. But yeah, I would go Southern Miss, Grand Canyon pitching. I'm just looking based on our mid major top twenty five. That's kind of just my where I'm basing it off of. Grand Canyon pitching staff has actually been pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would roll with the Wizard of Oz. Pitching staff and give me Florida Gulf Coast or Campbell's lineup. Yeah, I like uh, maybe so Old Dominion's lineup could fall in that category. Yeah, there's about five lineups that I like in mid majors. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast, Coastal. Campbell, Coastal is probably the one. I would probably take Coastal's lineup right now, and then I I would take a. Uh, there's two teams for pitching staffs that I like. Here, I'm going to pull up the NCAA baseball stats, and I'm going to pull up the team ERA just for fun. I like All East. Right. I like East Carolina's pitching staff, and I like Santa Barbara's. Santa Bar. Okay, Santa Barbara's actually number eleven in the country with two sixty eight ERA. Um, UCLA. Okay, we're talking mid-major, but UCLA leads the country in ERA. Um, UTSA two fifty two ERA, good for seventh in the country. They're really good, man. Yeah. Um, they're they're an all-around great team because they have a good offense too. They score a lot of runs. UTSA, Santa Barbara, Nichols, Lamar, Dallas Baptist, William Mary, Liberty, and Elon. Are, you know, Lamar is major. not a bad pick for pitching. 
They they actually do have a really deep pitching staff for a mid major. They they have yeah. guys on the midweek that are that are good pitchers. You know what's which, funny or interesting? Liberty at twenty fifth in the country with a three thirty eight ERA. Meanwhile, Liberty is also. I'll tell you right now, Liberty is also seven and eight. They've played a tough schedule though. No, I know, I know. They have they are twenty five in the country in ERA. Got swept that Southern Miss, and got swept that East Carolina. So, I mean, that's tough. So, yeah, I I I would probably go with East Carolina, number forty two in the country in the RA with three a three point nine. I think I'm I'm gonna roll with like a Southern Miss, just purely off of talent and not so much off of these. Off of these stats, but hey, there's plenty of good pitching stuff out there. Yeah, I hope we get to see a mid major in Omaha this year. I, 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 I know, man. It's, it's time for it's kind of been a little while, huh? Who was the most recent one? Santa Barbara was that 2018 when they walked off Louisville? Uh, that might have been 2016. I don't know, dude. Yeah. I don't. I don't know off the top of my head who the most mid or who the most recent. I think mid-major Santa Barbara team. is the last mid major team to make it to Omaha. I'm but, looking it up right now. I'm going year by year. Here we go. You want me to pull know. it up on Wikipedia, or you got it? I'm pulling it up right now, but Wikipedia doesn't even have it. What the heck? I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. Here we go. You don't have it because I'm looking at the same page you are, I think. No, you're not. I've got it. I mean, 2022, no. 2019, no. 2018, no. Um, 2017, Fullerton. That's right. I forgot, Cal- about, I forgot all about Fullerton in 2017. Cal State Fullerton 2017 made it. And then 2016, Santa Coastal. Barbara and Coastal. So it's been then, five years since we've seen a mid-major team in 2015, Omaha? Fullerton again. So, yeah, 2017 was the last one. Cal State Fullerton. It's hard to get there, dude. It's hard. They have, dude, as much as people have been trashing them – they have two Omaha appearances in the last eight years. A lot of schools can't say that. None of them can. None, none of the mid-majors can. Not in the last five years. Or yeah. last eight years, I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, I, it's time for another one. It's time for another awesome story. It's time for chaos in May. And is it, ba- is it bad that I'm already ready for regional? <laughs> <laughs> I am too. Uh, but, yeah, that pretty much wraps up. Regionals and... That wraps up the college baseball segment here. Let's go ahead and just dive into this World Baseball Classic. If you're not a World Baseball Classic follower, you can end the episode here. We're not gonna. It's not gonna hurt our feelings. But um, we've been following this tournament very, very heavily, and it's been good. I mean, Pool A had a five-way tie at two and two records, which I don't even know if the WBC committee expected that to happen because the tie-breaking rules were crazy. It had to I mean, do. It was it was pretty well written and clear. Um, 
it's it's a, it's a it's a popular international baseball tiebreaker rule. But Cuba, Italy, Netherlands, Panama, Chinese, or if you want to call them Chinese, Taipei or Taiwan, whatever. But I call them Taiwan. Um, all finished two and two. They beat up on each other. Personally, Ben, in my opinion, the two best teams in this pool were Netherlands and Taiwan. And neither one of them advanced out of it. And neither one advanced. Cuba pitching was phenomenal. Um, it took them a minute to get going. They took Cespedes out of that lineup, and they finally started making noise on offense. Um, he was the dead weight in that offense. So, But my biggest, my biggest, most favorite storyline, that's what we'll do. Biggest like story so far in each pool, kind of thing. I'll I'll go, you go, kind of thing. Like, want to do that? Yeah. My biggest story. I'm still. I'm sad. I'm like. I'm actually sad. Taiwan's fans and Taiwan's team were so much fun to watch at six at six a.m. every morning. Dude, those I guys was, love baseball there. Um, I mean, I played in Taiwan in 2017, and I saw it firsthand. How much they love baseball there? Do I love the country, like the actual country? I wasn't. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Uh, the cuisine, the, the the just the overall sanitary of the of it was. Uh, but anyway, that's besides the point. Shout out to Yu Chang. A he currently just signed a big league deal with Boston. He was the MVP of this pool. Taiwan fans were absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you turned that game on and it was loud from first pitch until the last pitch, the final pitch. Chanting, we are Tai, we are Team Taiwan. We are Team Taiwan. If you didn't watch it with their boomsticks, I mean, every single one of their games was exciting and fun to watch. So little little fun story I wanted just to share about um Taiwan. Yu Chang. Like I said, he's been playing in the States for the last 10 years or so. Just signed a deal with Boston. He's kind of like a fringe MLB guy. Um, He initially declined the offer to play with the team. I think the story is interesting. We were talking about it before the show. Um, Taiwan government, Greece had the same thing. You got to serve. All citizens have to serve. Um, I think it's like 18 months, two years, whatever it is. Um, and serving the military, left. right? Yep, military. Yep. Um, like for example, for me, I deferred it um, because I showed proof that I would not in the country enough to meet the requirement or whatever, or meet the requirements of deferring it, not having to do it. Um, but anyways, yeah, he he turned it down. He said, "I I want to focus, make sure my contract with the Red Sox is finalized because it wasn't finalized at the time of this tournament." Um, or at the time of committing to this tournament. Mm-hmm. So he said no. Taiwan government basically said, hey, you signed a deal in 2019. Any tournament the team asked you to, to call you up for, you have to play unless you want to serve. So basically his deferment was either play baseball or go serve. So I think that's a pretty easy decision. He, after the tournament, he, uh, this was a cool story about like international, when guys come to the United States to play minor league ball. They leave everything. They're alone. They're solo dolo by themselves. And he said this was the first time he came back home and truly like was emotional because he felt so much support after all these years going through the successes and the failures in the United States by yourself. Yeah, he had his wife or whatever, but 
the fan. It's the fan that truly love you because you're one of theirs. They're mm-hmm. you're one of like one of their own. They're probably more proud of him than he is of himself. Really, they they probably maybe walk the streets following his box scores, following his games, rooting for him. Maybe uh, I mean it was it was awesome it was, because I mean those fans you you saw how sad they were. I mean the cheerleaders were crying after they got eliminated by Cuba. That like that team they put everything they had into it. Um, so phenomenal. Pool A was awesome. It was fun to watch. And and who was it? Italy, Italy advanced and Cuba advanced, right? Yep. Wow. Netherlands with the biggest embarrassment. Yeah, you said it before the show. They have a two hundred and eighty million dollars shortstop in Xander Bogarts, and probably eight or nine All Star teams amongst their starting lineup. They couldn't even advance out of that pool. Yeah, and not to advance is pretty uh, pretty disappointing. They started off hot, played like shit the last two games, couldn't score. So. Um, that's about it from Pool A. If you want, to, if you didn't get this game, go on YouTube, search World Baseball Class, and go watch the replays of every single game that Taiwan was involved in. And those crowds were, let me tell you, they were something else. They were twenty thousand strong every game. And, and um, even in Pool B with in Tokyo, Japan, Shohei Otani, you know, just absolutely carved on the mound. He hit a home run yesterday. And Japan looks like the team to beat right now. USC legend, Lars Newbar, Southern California. Yeah, he came back and played for Team Samurai, they call it. And uh, he, I mean, that whole team just is so stacked. You could take their whole starting lineup and they could play as a starting position player at any MLB team. Maybe not any they're, MLB they're team. They're so stacked. Yeah. They, they um, love their baseball there, though. And I was, I was impressed with their fans. Uh, I was impressed with the tournament that they kind of put on there. Um, they they knew how to host a, they know how to host these tournaments in the Tokyo Dome. You know what one thing that blew my mind that I noticed? You know how when like Giancarlo Stanton hit his home run and everyone was just wrestling for the ball and mm-hmm. he had to get the guy that got it had to like get escorted by security and stuff. Shohei Otani's first home run in the World Baseball Classic he hit it the other night. The fan caught the ball and they were passing it around amongst the section to take pictures of the ball and videos of them holding the ball. The ball was being passed around amongst the fans to take a picture with. That would never <laughs> happen in a million years in the United States. <laughs> never. Not. I mean, it would be most peaceful. Hey, can I see that ball? Take a picture with it. I mean, I was just sitting there like, is this real life right now? Like, like is this serious? It, it, you're right. It's something you would never see in the U.S. If I caught that ball in the U.S. and I'm a nice guy, I'm putting that in probably in your pocket, in my pocket, and I'm running out, running out of the field. Yeah, exactly. And so that was pretty cool. Um, Czech Republic, obviously, a fun story for everybody. Talk, screaming the dentist and the electrician, which I think is bogus and complete bullshit. Um, but hey, wait, why? Every, why? Because in in Europe, that's not how it works. Yes, that's their day job, but it's still their second focus. They play on the weekend there. They practice every night. Their main focus is baseball. They're classified as athletes in their country, but they you don't get paid millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of dollars to play baseball. Yeah. So they obviously don't play every day because they they have to work. They need time to make money too to fund their personal life, but 
that's like saying every minor leaguer is a bartender. You're not going to scream at every minor leaguer. Oh my God, the bartender strikes <laughs> out the side in the sixth inning. Or, oh my God, the Uber, like, it's, it's, it's kind of a, not offensive, but it's just stupid because it's not, it's not really the, the reality of it. Like the manager, the neurologist, yes, but he's a lifetime, he's a, he's a career manager, he's a career coach, player. He got his first priority in baseball and he works to, you know, finance to fund his life and you know without whatever but it's just not it's not the same i'm not going to go out there and start screaming at every minor leaguer saying oh my god he, he works at top golf or he's a bartender the uber driver strikes <laughs> outside in the eighth inning you know what i mean yeah yeah it's different it's different it's a different culture so you can't really compare you can't do that is it funny yes but it's not reality my, my old roommate um he, he played minor league baseball and uh he he worked at lululemon in the off season. <laughs> yeah, like you're not going to scream the Lululemon salesman mm-hmm. hit the home run. Um, but hey, I, I guess breaking news out of Pool B right now: Australia looks like they're going to advance. They're at five to one against uh, Czech Republic. Czech Republic had to win this game and give up less than four runs because of a tiebreaker to advance. Um, I guess if if Czech Republic comes back and wins, then Korea would get in. Which but, I really, I really want to see Korea um, advance. I think they're really good. Um, but Korea blowing that game to Australia just ruined their chances. Ruined it. That was the one team you could, you did not want to lose to. Um, but yeah, I mean the matchups in the quarterfinals will be in the Tokyo Dome on Wednesday and Thursday, or Thursday, Friday, one or the other. It's looking it like Cuba be, versus Australia, and then Japan yep. versus Italy. Italy and Italy is more just more so team jersey shore <laughs> all the mustaches tan skin all, no they're all from the northeast they're yeah. all they all have italian bloodline but they're all like you know how new york is and the whole northeast it's all your it's all europeans and italian greeks and stuff american version of europe so that's what they, i like i think it's funny to call them the jersey shore team jersey shore team they're team fun jersey. to watch and they can absolutely they're, good. they're a good team they can swing it man um, they're a good team, so those will be that'll be a really good semifinal. I think Cuba just got freaking gifted into the semifinals, basically. Yeah, they're gonna run. They're gonna absolutely run over Australia in the in the quarters. They went from almost being last to a very clear, easy shot to the semifinals. Yeah, in Miami. And hey, mm-hmm. let me tell you, let me tell you that Cuban faithful will take over Marlins Park. If Cuba oh, is in the semifinals, dude, I didn't even think about that. They are going to overtake that place. And you throw in Venezuela or Dominican, it's going to be a war. <laughs> it's going to be a war. The Cuban, they control South Florida. They control Miami. So when all these, whatever other team they're facing in the semifinal, they're going to let them know this is our house. This is our land. That'll be fun, though. And I think they were in it and went in the finals in 20. 20- 13 or 2009, one of those Korea years. Korea was in the final in 2009 and 13. And I, I think Cuba was one of them. Maybe Cuba was 2006 against Japan. Maybe, maybe. They finished second. I mean, Cuba was a powerhouse not, not too long ago. Six to one Australia. That game's over. Game's wow, over. Australia, the band. Hey, That's impressive. It's 11 to three Mexico over the United States right now. Bottom of the eighth. 
Yeah, I see that. Pretty unfortunate. What I mean, that's going to force the United States to have to beat Canada and Colombia. They have to win out. They have to win out. They have to beat Canada and Colombia um, just to advance out of their own pool, which is bad because this this wow. whole run runs given up thing, it's not going to be in their favor for any kind of tiebreaker. No, and honestly, it, you know what it comes down to? This tournament, MLB needs to give up to relinquish their control over this tournament because not how many bogus and phantom injuries. So many guys were, I guarantee you, it's front office and stuff saying, hey, we don't recommend you play. Right. Are you talking about the pitching it's side so of things? so stupid, dude. The World Cup. Imagine if someone told Messi or the freaking Barcelona or Real Madrid, whoever, told Messi, no, you can't play for Argentina. In the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, telling Jacob deGrom or Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander, like, hey, you just signed a big deal. We don't want you playing in this. Sucks, man. It's stupid. I mean, it's so stupid. These guys, you see them have more passion and pride and joy playing amongst their countrymen more than they ever have playing for their club team that's their job that's their business this is the game this is what they grew mm-hmm. up loving playing of course they still love playing baseball in the big league but this is what they grew up the style of baseball and in the mlb it's your job it's a job more so than a passion so that's why i think it's stupid usa doesn't they they don't have the best player they don't have their true best player and you know what it's it's it, I, we would knew. Say, I would argue that their their offense is their best players, or some, most of them that wanted to play. I mean, you're, you have Mike well, Trout playing. A lot it. of them wanted to play, but they weren't they weren't able to as far as pitching goes. I mean, their lineup today was like Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Kyle Tucker, Tim Anderson, no, JT it's Real good. Trust me, Their lineup is good. But it's, it's the pitching staff. Pitching. They're, 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 pitchers are wrapped up in so what, what do you call it? Bubble wrap. Saran wrap, bubble wrap. So, I mean, they started Nick Martinez on the mound. I mean, Nick Martinez like, is a come on, decent, come on. decent major league player. But hey, Fordham ran legend. Yeah, but he's not, he's not someone you're rolling out there game two against Mexico, a good team. No, I mean, Matt Harvey started for Italy. Matt Harvey has been. I don't, I don't want to say irrelevant because I think he's still a very good pitcher. He Maybe he's not Cy Young caliber anymore, but you saw, we talked about it. He knows how to pitch. He can pitch at 88, 91, 92 and pitch and get out because he knows how to pitch. And I don't think Nick Martinez has that experience and has that pedigree to be able to do that. And he throws way harder than Matt Harvey does. 100%, yeah. So... I mean, oh, the the U.S. has life. Kershaw hurts. The U.S. has life. It's eleven to five now for or second and third, two outs in the eighth. They get a base hit here, make it eleven to seven. Shout out to eleven point seven. But um, I mean, they're just creeping their way back into it. Yeah, um, I think that the way that that pool will shake out, it's going to be Colombia having that head to head over Mexico is massive. So it's huge. I think the way Canada swung the bat today. Maybe maybe they're somebody to pay attention to. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be USA, Colombia. I'm thinking USA and Mexico. Um, I think USA beats Colombia. Oh, here we go. What happened? 
Get over his head. Ah, fly out to the warning track. Darn it. Um, um yeah. Yeah, I think USA Mexico will get out of it. USA's gotta beat Canada. You gotta beat Colombia. If they do that, they'll they'll advance or they should. What makes you think Mexico gets in over Colombia? The head to head. Colombia beat them. Oh, you're right. Crap, my bad. Yeah, that's a good point. It's gonna be it might be a three way tie at the top over there. God, man. If the US doesn't advance because of a three way tie, I'm gonna cry. That's embarrassing. That's that's honestly embarrassing. Yeah, if they, I think they will. I think that's just too insane of a thought to even think about right now. What a mockery that will be if Team USA does not advance. Right. I mean, that's especially after winning it in 2017. I promise you. I promise you, Team USA. I mean, yeah, they won it all in 2017, but they don't advance. And the next one is 2026. I promise you that team will be stacked. <laughs> They're gonna, they MLB is going to make players play in it. Oh, oh, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be personal. Like mm-hmm. we are the best in the world, and we're going to let you know. So, yeah, and then pool D. I think that's the, probably my second favorite one of all the pools. It's fun. Venezuela has really shocked everybody coming out two and zero. They're just mashing the cover off the ball, and it kind of surprised be- me to see. It's it surprised me to see them being like underdogs really against. Uh, Dominican and Puerto Rico because Venezuela has just as much talent as those. Your guys. lineup might be; they might have outside of USA. They have the best lineup. I think Second so best. too. Japan, but Japan is right there too. You're just like, damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I think Venezuela they're they're two and zero right now, right? And then Venezuela two and zero, Israel, Puerto Rico, Israel one and zero, Puerto Rico and one and one, Dominican zero and one. And then the the boys from Nicaragua, zero and two, heartbreaker. Freaking, it's ironic. Their best player they brought, Jonathan Loisiga, closer flamethrower from the Yankees, the one to blow it today. So mm-hmm. that's unfortunate for them. But yeah, World Baseball Classic, best sport, best event in the world. It, it's so much fun, man. And, and they play so many games. It's four four pool play games. For each team, so there's been games going on going on all day long, all weekend. Uh, and, In every and, game, they playoff must win game. Yeah, at the highest level. Even like awesome. even even watching like Great Britain play, although their uniforms are absolutely laughable. Dude, yeah, the dude, Times they're, Times they're New Roman Times New Roman print across their chest that just says Great Britain, and. Uh, I mean, but so the, been, the uniform the uniform they wear in the European Championship are better than those. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what Nike did to those uniforms, but they're embarrassing. It's awful. Um, yep. Hey, I think I think Japan pinstripes are the best in the game. Out of all the uniforms that I've seen. Uh, yeah, the, the Japan pinstripes are great. I like the Cuba all blues. I don't know what it is about Those that, are awesome. Those are sick. The all Those blues, blue pants, blue shirt. I hope they break out their all red. Yeah, I mean, that's that's their championship reds right there. Yeah, those are sick. Um, all right, well, I mean, that pretty much wraps up everything here. Yeah. I don't have anything else on the World Baseball Classic. Obviously, there's going to be games all day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
Uh, quarterfinals start Wednesday in the Tokyo Dome. Those will be fun to watch. Um, but yeah, we'll be back Thursday, recapping the midweek and uh, previewing the weekend and, and getting to all that kind of fun. So we got conference play starting up for almost every conference this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, you guys enjoy enjoy your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever day you're listening to this. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday to wrap everything up. We won a national championship for, for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. Our national champs. Breaking ball. Oh my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit. Arkansas is headed back to Omaha. And here's Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center, D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. Hispanic Titanic with a blood.